Welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast, the practical how-to guide for women returning to the workforce, recent grads, and those looking to get the job of their dreams. Now, here's the founder of the Back to Business Women's Conference and your host, Katie Dunn. Welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. I'm Katie Dunn, founder and CEO of Back to Business and your host. I'm here to help you get a job, and I'm not just going to share advice on our topic in each episode, I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it. Because here's how are two of my favorite words. It's get a job, here's how. Let's get started. Hi listeners, and thank you for joining us today on the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. I hope everyone is staying well during these trying times and finding ways to take care of yourself and take care of each other. I think that's something really important that we need to do. For today's episode, I have a prediction. I predict that you will be listening to this one more than once, playing it back a couple times to be sure you soak up all of the knowledge that my guest today is gonna share with us because I'm really excited to have the amazing Adam Connor from NetworkWise with us today. So hello, Adam, and thanks for joining us. Oh, Katie, you get it. There's a lot of pressure after that introduction. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm sure that you can live up to it. Uh, I'm ready for the challenge. Good, good, good. So tell us a little bit about NetworkWise and what you do, Adam, and tell us why you do it. Oh, all right. Great question. Thank you. And I really appreciate having me on the show. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. I love your podcast, love what it's all about. And I think there's just so much value that those looking, even if you're not just looking to go back into the workforce, just to be part of the workforce, there's a lot of value to get out of these conversations. So with that said, in a nutshell, I'm the founder of NetworkWise, and what NetworkWise is, is essentially this premier education platform in the learning and development space, which provides knowledge, tools, and resources to cultivate world-class relationships through professional networking. We are also the innovators behind this progressive certification program that we've created that credentializes one's high level of social capital. My background, I'm an entrepreneur at heart that's been involved in a bunch of different businesses. Everything from I've been on Wall Street, fixed income trading, to executive recruiting, specifically catering to the Wall Street community. So dealing with banks, hedge funds, asset management organizations. I've also had a career coaching business where I worked everyone from people coming straight out of college to executives going through transitions, not just getting a job, but actually reinventing themselves. I've been involved in neurotechnology company. I've been involved in the cannabis industry at a medical grow facility. I've owned an insurance agency. I've been involved in a lot of structured finance businesses. And I've been really fortunate with every, you know, just first and foremost to have the opportunity to get involved in so many different types of businesses. And I know this firsthand because of the background in recruiting. And a lot of people always would tell me, oh, you're so lucky. And I used to believe that. And then I'm like, wait a second. Luck is a residue of hard work. And, and the types of work that I did was what a lot of people would call networking. And it's all about building these amazing relationships. And I was fortunate enough to have surrounded myself with some amazing people. All of the successes that I have had, and I've had a lot of failures too, don't get me wrong, but all of the successes I've had have had really nothing to do with me. 
but they've all, I, I really attribute them all just to these amazing people that I've surrounded myself with. So I started NetworkWise a, a few years back to really help a lot of people because they're, uh, most people just don't have the, the first clue of what it really means to truly network. And also, once they do understand that, it can help them bring so many amazing things into their life. It's not just about getting a job, which obviously it has a lot to do with, and we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about that. But think about your health, mental health. How about that? How about, especially with what's going on in these days with the people being isolated, what do people miss the most? They miss people. <laughs> it helps with your physical health, which is all kind of tied together and sales, starting a business. I mean, I, I could go on and on and on and I'll get off my soapbox now, Katie, <laughs> back to you. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. So you mentioned that a lot of people don't even know really what networking is or why we would do it. So let's start there because you are really the expert in this. And so tell us what networking means to you. And, yeah, well, um, so it, it's about taking a proactive approach to relationship development with the ultimate goal of benefiting someone else. That's really at the end of the day what it is. It's about thinking about other people. It's about benefiting them. It's about helping them. It's about playing the long game. That's networking. It's not about what can I get. That's not it. You don't network for need. It's about the connection, fostering that, building those relationships. That's networking. Nice. So I think when a lot of people think about networking, they think about doing it for their own personal gain. And you have completely flipped that. So I think that's a great place for us to start. And I really love that you have a completely different way of sort of framing this. It's selfish benevolence. Because when you're thinking, when you put the focus on somebody else, it does so much for, I mean, just think about it. If you're having a tough time or you're going through something, if you put your focus on the other person and, and your energy is about helping them, think of everything that's going to come of that. Think about that. Who doesn't want to talk to somebody that's interested in hearing about them and helping them? And as a result of that, you feel better as a person just trying to help somebody. You're doing something that's good. And guess what's going to happen? There's this law of reciprocity where someone, they're not even going to, they, they don't, might not even consciously mean to want to help you, but they're going to. Again, that shouldn't be the reason that you do it, but that's just the law of reciprocity. That's what happens. You go into every conversation with the mindset of, hey, you know, how can I benefit Katie today? Or how can I benefit Joe? Or whatever that, whoever it is that you are having an interaction with, and you put the focus all about them, and you really don't even think about yourself. It's amazing how real that conversation is going to get, how sincere, how much more psychologically safe that other person is going to feel with you if they know that your best interest is about helping them. And all this goodness just starts coming from that. I promise you that. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. So we're going to talk about how specifically how to leverage your networks for your job search. Mm. And I think when people think about job search, that's where a lot of people think <clears throat> that's the purpose of networking and that's why we do it. I love that you've pointed out a whole different set of ideas around why networking is important to us. So that's great. But if I am looking for a job, and, and if I'm looking for a job today when suddenly, almost overnight, things have really changed in the yep. job market, what's your best advice for that? 
Whew, okay. <laughs> We're opening Pandora's box. Yeah, but it's a big yeah, question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, it, it, there's no question that your network is the single most valuable resource for a successful job search, hands down. I mean, the, the hidden job market is found in your network. What was really interesting, there have been a lot of studies, but I think LinkedIn did one a few years back that revealed that 85% of jobs are going to come from who you know. And for those in executive level positions, that number is even higher. I mean, I've read statistics, 90, even 95%. I think it was right management, which is an outplacement firm that came up with like one of those statistics. So the bottom line is, yeah, that's important. And what happens is a lot of times people just also, they just accept the first job that they get. And if you don't have a good network, you're limited. So to answer your question, I think first and foremost, you need to have a plan, just like anything else, whether it's building a business, same thing. Yeah, you have to have a plan. And those that fail to prepare are essentially preparing for failure. Oh, God, what's that this saying? A man without a goal is like a ship without a rudder. So when you're doing your search, you've got to have a plan. Write down your goals. There was a really cool uh, study back at, I think Yale did in the early 50s, where they had graduating class write down their goals and they followed the study. I forgot how many years later, 20, 30 years later, and that those that wrote down their goals and committed to their goals were nine times more uh, financially successful than uh, those who didn't. So the 3% of people that actually wrote down their goals made more money than the 97% of people that didn't. Wow. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Or did that help to focus them? Did it, was it sort of the North Star that kept them going? I, I, to be honest, I read this years ago, so I don't recall all, but probably all of the above. Yeah. Like you filtered out distractions, kept them focused, gave them a purpose, if not anything, just to achieve the goal. And I'm sure there was a lot more than that, but again, I'd, I'd have to dig that up. Um, yeah. I think the guy's name was Dr. David Kroll that did that study. It's, it's worth looking up. So I know I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, very cool. So if I'm job searching, yeah. I imagine that I have this network of people that I'm connected to people. I know former colleagues, former classmates, all kinds mm -hmm. of people. If I haven't been in touch with some of them for a while, how do I go about getting back in touch? And particularly, I feel like this might be a little awkward for some people because now you're in a position of sort of needing help. And yeah. earlier you mentioned, you don't network for need. Mm -hmm. But honestly, that's when some of us think, gosh, I'm going to reach out to that person because I need a favor. I need an introduction. I need some help with something. How do you go about doing that? Well, yes. keeping in mind the I'm here to benefit you principle that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. I mean, listen, you got to do what you got to do when you're getting a job. There's no question about that. Unfortunately, that is the worst time. They say the best time to have started networking was 20 years ago, but the second best time is going to be today <laughs> if you're looking. So, and actually it, it's, what's really interesting and ironic is that some of the best contacts that you have are actually ones that you have not spoken with. They're what's called your dormant ties. So that might, maybe it was somebody that you worked with 20 years ago. 
or you went to school with, or even elementary school, it doesn't matter. It's those people, you might've gone different ways in life. And that's some of the best things that can happen to you because you really want that diversity, diversity of thought, diversity of experiences. Because once you do actually reconnect with that person, let's say that your relationship at the time when, before you disconnected, let's call it a a seven out of 10. And then years go by 10 years, 15 years, it takes a relatively short period of time to catch up from exactly where you were. But now, since you've got these different experiences and these different thoughts and these different ideas and different families and whatever that might be, once you reconnect, that seven can quickly become an eight or a nine. Assuming that it is your intent is good, you're reconnecting for the right reasons. And, and it is okay to ask one of these connections. Do I recommend that you do it right out of the gate? No. But again, you have to do what you've got to do sometimes. Does that answer your question or did you want me to, again, I I go on these tangents? (laughs) No, it's all good. Yeah, Yeah. I know you did answer my question. And I think Mm. it made me um, think of someone that I know who mentioned, particularly for women who are going back to work after having maybe been at home with kids for 10 years, that when you reach out to people that you worked with 10 years ago, they remember you as you were then right? Mm -hmm. They remember you as the colleague who was professional and they enjoyed working with. They didn't see you during all those, all the diaper changes and the running (laughs) around and your your sweatpants. So when you call them up, they remember you as you were and have a very professional image of you. If that's the impression you left them with 10 years ago. I think sometimes people worry about rekindling sort of older connections, but I, I say go for it. 100%. You got, I mean, you have to go for it. Your ego is not your amigo. So you really, you got to get over whatever preconceived notion you might think that they have a high probability that if you're going through something, somebody else is going through it too, or has been through it too. And it's just getting over that initial ego. You just got to put it to the side, you know? So, and, and just reach out. There are times I've suggested to people and now there's no better time as, as we're talking, we're all dealing with the Corona situation. So what's happened is a lot of times people are in deep reflection and you know what they're thinking about right now. They're thinking things that matter most. And those are their family and their relationships. They did a study in uh, not hospice. I forgot what it's called, but there's stages when people are passing and they ask what are the biggest regrets that they've had in life. And there were the three, one was their legacy. One was obviously family. And the other one was their relationships. Those are the things that were most important that they either didn't spend enough time with their relationships or they did not develop enough relationships. That's deep. You're on your deathbed and that's what you're thinking about. But think about how few people really do spend the time. And for some reason or another, you don't think about it until it's later. You don't think about it until you need something. It's really weird to me. But so with that said, You know, I'm recommending to people, reach out to someone. Hey, I'm at a point of reflection. Uh, Right now, I'm thinking about people that were important to me in my life, and you're one of them. How good would you feel if you were on the the recipient of that phone call, that email? There's something, I've got this certification course that that I offer, and one of the things that we do, it's mandatory in order to become certified, is we do a 30-day gratitude challenge. And the 30-day gratitude challenge is you're identifying 30 people that have had some positive impact on your life. And it doesn't matter if it was your sixth grade English teacher 
or it could be someone you played sports with, or it could have been uh, somebody in your neighborhood. Identify 30 different people that have had some positive impact on your life and reach out to them. It could be a phone call. It could just be a postcard. It could be something on social media. If they are posting stuff, comment and just send them a note or reach out and just say, hey, thinking about you. This is why I'm thinking about you. That will, I promise you, that is going to open up getting back to Pandora's box so many things because, like you said, they're going to remember you. A lot of times people are hesitant. Oh, they don't remember me. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So, and then they're going to tell you stuff. So you're telling them about how awesome or something that the impact that they've had. High probability you've had some kind of impact on them. You'd be surprised at some of the stories that either I've personally experienced or even just that I've heard of. Someone told me that they had somebody that told them that they were a really unique dresser and that prompted they followed that person and that prompted them to go into like, I forgot what it's called, like industrial design or something. And, And this is something going back to like elementary school that someone had a really unique look and that always stuck with them. They never really communicated. They were elementary school people and look at the impact that that had on their life. So this 30 day gratitude challenge is a real good excuse. And you could even tell them, Hey, I'm, going through this 30-day gratitude challenge. It seemed like fun while I was going during this downtime. You know, or even just being honest and just saying, hey, I'm just looking to reconnect with other people or reconnect with people that have had a positive impact in my life. Yeah, that's great. So it doesn't have to be a, a long, <laughs> in-depth letter. Just dropping someone a quick note is a really good idea, it sounds like. Great way to reconnect. You don't even have to explain where you've been for the past 10 years. You can just say, hey, I am... doing this. I remember this about you. You had an impact on me. So tons of great ideas there. I like that. And like you said, this is a great time to get started. If you are not in the habit of doing this regularly and reaching out to people that you know, then today is your day. Yeah. Can I tell you one other thing that I thought was really interesting? This gentleman I actually went to high school with, he started posting stuff on Facebook just he just started unloading all of his photo albums and every day he just posts a picture and it's, it's just random pictures. It could be his family. It could be I mean, people all throughout his life. And I asked him if he could start documenting what types of experiences he's having with this. Cause I see he did it like three days in a row and yeah, he's like, Oh no, nothing. I go, you're going to have experiences. You're, I will guarantee you that stuff is going to come of this. So that was about, two and a half weeks ago, just the other day, he sent me this long email. You were right. And he just gave this list of all these things that have happened to him. Someone offered to uh, buy his old car. He's not even looking for a job. He's had two job offers. He's had someone, a couple people that have reached out and said, oh my God, it was just so good to see your face. You and your family need to come and and spend the the weekends with us. He's been offered vacations, just (laughs) reconnected with other people. And, And again, this is all he did was just post photos on Facebook. He just went through his album and started posting. So there's a lot of things that you can do. Yeah, great. Love that. And anybody can do those things too. What's appropriate to ask of someone in your network? And where do you sort of cross the line? Uh, wow. You should feel comfortable asking a person that you're speaking with anything that you would do for them. So I'm sure there's some people that you would move heaven on earth for. And I'm sure some people you wouldn't even get out of the way. <laughs> you know, I feel that it's a very subjective uh, response. And it, it really depends on what it is that you would do for that person. 
So if you're looking for a better answer to that, there, there was a guy actually that was on my um, podcast. His name is Dr. Wayne Baker. And for those who don't know who Dr. Wayne Baker is, he's a really impressive individual. He's one of the professors at University of Michigan. He was Adam Grant's mentor. Adam Grant is the the most famed professor and Adam's fantastic. Yeah. So anyone who, well, this was his mentor and he wrote a book. It's called All You Have to Do is Ask. And it was really interesting because most people actually don't ask. (laughs) And you'd be surprised at what, asking will, <laughs> what the results will come of it. And he also, he offers this free assessment of what is your asking rating. And then he also has a, is a member of a company called give and take and they've got uh, and that's Adam Grant's company, also him and Larry Freed. And, and I can send you the link if that's something that you care to share with your audience. I think it's yes, a really please. good resource for those that are listening to this of all these different communities of people that get together to try to help others. So, yeah, and the job is obviously something that people help with. So, and then also for people that are are afraid to ask, there was a guy named Jia Jang. Oh, yes. The rejection guy. Yes. Yes. You're familiar with that. (laughs) I love him. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. But has a fantastic message. Yeah. hundred percent. He was the shyest guy. And I forgot what he did, like a hundred days of rejection where he would just go and ask people the most obscure random things just because he wanted to get rejected just so he could build that rejection muscle so he could get over himself. And what he ended up discovering is that you can get over it pretty quickly and more people you'd be surprised at at how they're not going to reject what you think that they're going to reject. It's all in your head. So again, getting back to that ego and what you think and your story, it's that's in your head. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I love when Jai went into Krispy Kreme and asked them to make him <laughs> Olympic donuts in the, in the colors and the shape of the Olympic symbol, those rings. Yeah. And he just asked people to do completely outrageous things so he could learn how to handle rejection. And what he found was most of the time people said yes. Yeah. Because he just was asking outrageous things and they didn't know what to do, but people wanted to be helpful. And so more often than not, they said yes. So I love that. And these are strangers. So think about if you're asking people that are in your networks, what, what they would do for you. How much more would somebody who knows you and, and likes you do for you? So good point. So what if I'm shy and I hate reaching out to people, especially people I don't know that just feels awkward, feels weird. Let me ask you this. You, you graduated college. What were some of the most challenging classes that you had? So let's see, probably a finance class that I took, the one and only. In okay. <laughs> but you had to take hard. it. To, you had to take it to graduate. Yes. You got to do it. You know, there's certain things in life you have to do. So uh, you got to figure out a way. We're grownups here. So you got to get away. You got to figure out how to get over yourself. I'm horrible with computers, but if I want to be able to function as a business owner, I need to figure out how to use some computers. So I know people don't want to hear that, but again, this is a lot of things it's in there. This is a story that they tell themselves. And, and what's really interesting, there was a study on shyness and 90% of people are actually, and that's including your strong extroverts like myself are shy when it comes to group settings. I know we're not talking about a group setting, but I think that this is a a really good statistic that highlights 
if this really was the case and everybody was shy, then no one would go out and see and see other people. But we're tribal. We need the social interaction. And again, the perfect time to, to support this is this, this whole coronavirus. I got two texts right before before we joined today where one guy's like, I'm losing my mind. I need to be around people. And he's an introvert and he's shy. So I thought that was pretty ironic. I guess my point is you just have to get over yourself. I think there's 40 to 45% of people in general just are shy. So this is about your mindset. You need to see the bigger picture. You need to just, maybe you need to watch that Jia Jang video. <laughs> you know, I, sure. I think that, but if you really want that job or you want whatever it is, you've got to, you have to just get over your shyness. It doesn't mean you're going to be an extrovert, but you need to see the bigger picture. Adam, as you and I talked about doing this podcast, you mentioned the subject of how to leverage your networks, plural, for your job search. And so I wanted to ask about that. Do we have more than one network or do you think of everyone you know as your one network? Great question. And, and, and thank you actually for asking that because there's a big misnomer that we have a network when in fact you're part of many networks or what I call the, your spheres of influence. And, and if you think about it, think about all the different networks that you are a part of. You've got your family that's a network. You've got friends. You've got your community. You've got hobbies that you are a part of. Think about your alumni, all the different alumni that you're a part of. Again, getting back to, we talked about elementary school. It could be college. Think about your work. Think about the different companies that you've worked for, the different role, the roles. So if you're in human resources, for example, that is a network. That is a community. And that's why I've got this course. It's called Careers Through Connections. It's an online course. And, and one of the first things that I actually have people do is, is fill out this influence template they've created that really breaks it down and, and gets very granular with the people that you have in your networks. Because a lot of times people feel, oh, I don't have a network. You know, that's what they say. But actually you do. Well, you don't actually have a network. You have multiple networks. And when you start breaking them down in this type of capacity, you realize that there are so many more people that you are connected with. And that when you can start looking at them and breaking it down that way, you, it makes you feel a lot more confident as well. You get these people that think that they've got you know, the 650 people that they're connected with on Facebook or LinkedIn or their networks. And then you get the other end of the spectrum where people think, oh, I don't, I don't know anybody. Somewhere in between is the truth. And, and by breaking it down this way, it will really help you to understand and, and think about all these other people, your neighbors, the coffee, everybody knows somebody also. And as long as you've got some kind of interaction with them, they're part of your part of their networks. I hope that answers the question. And I like how you think about that too, having multiple networks, because we really do. We're part of many different communities based on all of the different things that we do and where we live and where we went to school. And so I guess together they are one big network, but individually they are multiple smaller networks and communities. And think about like what a network is. It's a group or system of like these interconnected people or things. And it's powerful. And, and what makes it powerful is if you think about within each one of these networks, you're going to have access to private information, whether it's a business deal, a new trend, those hidden job opportunities that we're talking about. You also get access to diverse skill sets and ideas. And what you also have is this power 
and, and influence within each of these networks. And I think also having multiple networks gives you the opportunity to be a bridge between those things for people. So yes. somebody in one network of yours might benefit from meeting somebody from another community that you know, and you have the ability to be the connector of those people. Oh, when, when, when you can become that connector, then you become, that's what's called a super connector. And that's, you're adding value personified. And again, think of all those, every time those people that you've connected connect or have some interaction, you're going to be the node, you're the hub, and they're, you're going to be the person that they think about. I mean, I just think about some of the friends that I know through other people. It's just there. You're always thinking about that other person. So that's a great, and then again, getting back into the job, your job search, and when you're reaching out to other people and you start thinking about who are some of the people in these disparate networks of yours that could benefit the person that you're talking to at that moment, the amount of value that you're going to be adding is exponential. So I I highly encourage that. Great point. You work with all kinds of clients, right? You work with big businesses, small entrepreneurs, you work with university students, you work with individuals making job changes. Does the networking advice change? Not really. Really good question again. No, it it doesn't. It really, really doesn't. You just boil it down. It's really simple. Um, It's just about focusing on the other person. That's really it. It's providing value, listening, helping, staying connected, it's really, it's just that simple. It's just a matter of putting in the work. It's net working. You know, it's not net funning. Um, <laughs> although it does become fun. Again, when you start connecting with people and some of the things that, that result in these relationships, whether it's a funny meme, how many people during this whole Corona experience have gotten funny memes. Uh, you had to have. You've gotten the toilet paper. You've gotten the one about this. Oh my God, it's this uh, Joe Exotic guy, the Tiger King guy. I mean, <laughs> oh my think God. about <clears throat> you know, yes. think about these. The funny dancing mom that's staying at home uh, meme that's going around. I mean, there's just think about that, and, and it's it's interesting. I was actually speaking um, with a gentleman the other day who he is. He's a very successful individual, and it's sad because his only contacts are he thinks he has these great networks, but he doesn't. He has a lot of people that listen to him because he writes big checks. And I was talking to him about some of these funny memes. He's like, I haven't gotten any of these. I felt bad for him. I'm like, how are you not? That's just telling me that he just, does, you know, either people are afraid to send him things that might be a little across the line, or people just aren't thinking of him. They just don't, they're not thinking of him at all. Uh, and I was, it was sad. It was really sad. Yeah. And I don't mean to judge him by a meme, but I think that was just one good <laughs> example. <laughs> no. Yeah. What's your meme count? That's uh, funny. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so I have to ask because you're, yeah. you're sort of a, a student of people and, you know, almost human psychology. So why are we all watching Joe Exotic? Why? Because we are. <laughs> yeah, we, oh, we are. I mean, this guy's alive. He's a live train wreck. It's just, <laughs> it's amazing. It, but you see, he got 19% of the votes for when he was running for governor. I mean, that's just amazing. To me, it just blows my mind that this is the world that we're living in. Yeah. There are some people out there that fact is crazier than fiction. 
<laughs> it's true. <laughs> I know, right? You could not probably make that story up. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, on the one hand, it makes me think there is a place in this world for all kinds of people, and that's wonderful. Yep. And on the yeah. other hand, it's like, this is terrifying. <laughs> the guy yeah. is a nut job. Beyond. Whew. So I just actually just watched the first one last night. And when it was done, my husband said, should we watch another? And I said, no, I can only do one of these a day. <laughs> it's just too weird. <laughs> uh, man. All right. So tons, tons of great advice here, Adam. And thank you so much. I want to kind of sum up a few of the things that you said that really I thought are incredibly great advice, really insightful for people who are in the position of leveraging their network for their job search or really for anything at all. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you said that I thought was important was have a plan, write it down, the idea of committing your goals to paper and how powerful that can be is really, really important, I think. Also, the idea that you can ask of your network anything that you would do for them. Mm-hmm. And that's a really nice kind of rule of thumb, I think, because often we wonder how much is too much to ask, or maybe we're not asking enough. And so that's a really good thing to keep in mind as we're re-engaging or just engaging in our networks, especially in a time like this when we all need each other more than ever and we can't physically be near each other. So also you mentioned your 30 day gratitude challenge and I just love that. I'm going to, I'm going to start today. It's day one for me, but first of all, because I think, you know, just gratitude is so important and can improve your own mindset and your mood and who doesn't need that these days, but also because it's a great way to reconnect with people. I piggyback that with one other thing. Please. So recommend doing a daily journal to kind of compliment and what you can do at the end of the day, reflect on your day. So think about conversations you've had, shows you've seen, uh, articles you've read, things that you've experienced, write that down. It's good for so many reasons. But one thing that I do is I, I do one either every day in the morning, first thing, or at the end of the day, just depending on, I probably should be better at sticking to one or the other, but that's a conversation for another time. But, and then what I do is I reflect on the experiences that I've had. And I think about who in my networks could benefit. So who's going to appreciate that funny meme? Who's going to like Joe exotic who or the tiger King, you know, who's who's going to, uh, who's going to be interested in that Ted talk with Jia Jang, you know, who's going to be interested in reading the book from Dr. Wayne Baker. And again, it's an excuse to reach out to somebody to say, hey, I read this, I saw this, I ate at this restaurant, and I thought that you would appreciate that. And, and that's another way of reaching out and staying connected to people. And then wait till you start seeing what starts happening to you. It's amazing. So I, I'm sorry to steal your thunder. I know you were going through that list, but no, I, no. I, I wanted to mention that. Yeah, love it. That's great. And then kind of the last that I wanted to emphasize that you shared with us today was... I think probably the most important one for me is focus on the other person. That's what Mm. networking and relationship building is really all about. And so something really important for us all to remember as we are, you know, kind of building our networks and working within our network to help each other out, but that focusing on the other person. And that really changes the whole way you think about networking. If you are focusing on somebody besides yourself. 
100 percent. can i add a couple more things of course that's why you're here <laughs> all right good. yeah as they're, as they're coming to me i'm like wait a second there, there's no magic bullet there really just isn't you have to play the long game you can't again get back to that network for need it's think about most people they fail to plant those little acorns which grow into the massive oak trees they start small Stay in touch. Doesn't mean you've got to call everybody all the time. You can set some kind of regular cadence, whether it's once a quarter or once every six months, once a year. And it doesn't have to be, uh, you don't have to spend all this FaceTime with them. Again, just so, just hearing from somebody that you've already built a relationship with, it's just kind of staying front and center. Just It's a reminder. It's getting back to what happens with those dormant ties. And it's those weak ties that sometimes are going to give you the most fruit for those friends of the friends. They're the ones that are going to, when it comes to your job search, don't think just because somebody, maybe they're working at Walmart, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily can't help you because think about the person that's working at Walmart, all the different interactions that they have with people. You'd be surprised. I, I reference this all the time. There's a gentleman that I get my coffee from every day. I can't begin to tell you the people that he's introduced me to. In all different areas, I've gotten into I play basketball. I've gotten into runs in uh, really good basketball runs as a result of him. He's introduced me to somebody that introduced me to somebody else that has been on my show. I've had, I mean, it's amazing. Just you, I think Tim Ferriss said that you never know who's going to be able to put touch with the person that can get you on the front cover of the New York times. So don't discount any relationships. And, and also one thing is once you've achieved that goal that we've talked about, it doesn't end there. And that's where a lot of people drop the ball. They get that job and then all that momentum that they have been building up with all the contacts and stuff, they just drop. So they don't even send you something that you can do. Even if you've gone through this whole process and you've gotten a job, send a note to all the people that you contacted during your search and saying, Hey, I want to let you know that I did achieve this job. I'm really excited about it. And if it wasn't for you, because even if they didn't directly help you, just having that conversation, it might have primed you to have another better conversation with somebody else, or maybe you've connected with them, or it's just, it's again, it's just a, a simple follow through. It's fortune is in the follow through. Don't stop. There's that Jack Lemon saying that if you're fortunate enough to make it or get to the penthouse, don't forget to send the elevator back down. Help those other people because, because again, they're going to be going through this as well. So, I know I've just started going on another tangent. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> good stuff. Order. Well, you brought yeah. up a good point with the don't stop with the networking once you achieve the goal, because I think once you get that job, then you have to just shift your networking almost to networking internally, right? Wherever you're working, mm -hmm. you need to build up a broad network inside that organization. And so you need to continue networking externally, but also do that shift so that you're focused where you are and reaching out to the people who are near you. Maybe you don't work with them every day, but it might be helpful for you to know them for some reason or another. You got it. So, all right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. Adam, tell us where people can find you and all the amazing things that you have to offer through your organization network-wise. I appreciate you offering me a venue to do this. Thank you for that. I can be found at networkwise.com and all the contact information is there. And, and anyone who's listening that comes through your channel, if they want to reach out to me directly, I would give them 50% off of any of the offerings. So we do have an online course. It's called Careers Through Connections and there's that gratitude challenges in there, those spheres of influences in there, how to write thank you notes, how to reach out to people on LinkedIn, how to follow up with people. There's all these resources. We essentially give a roadmap 
if you're looking for a job. One of the other courses is the conference event playbook. I don't know how relevant that's going to be these days right yeah. now, but at some point it will be. Yes. Uh, and, and then there's that certification that I was telling you about that uh, we're where someone could become a network-wise certified professional that's that credentializes their uh, high level of social capital and really reinforces a lot of things that we've talked about today. Um, and again, all the people that uh, if they come through your channel just on the subject line, they can put referred by Katie Dunn and uh, I'd be happy to give them a 50% uh, coupon code. Wow, thank you. Thank you very much. That's really generous. And so folks, check this out. This is the real deal. And also, Adam, you have a podcast called Conversations with Connors, which is both informative and very entertaining. So be sure that you're checking out Adam's podcast too. Um, you will learn a ton and enjoy, enjoy doing it. So thank you so much, Adam. Stay well and great to have you on. Really, really appreciate your time today and you sharing all of your expertise with us. And folks, now that you know how to leverage your network for your job search, go do it. I believe in you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. You can find all the information from this episode in our show notes at www.backtobusinessconference.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please write a review so that we can reach more people. Now that you know how, go do it.